0: Hello, welcome to Racing Debate. So much racing for myself and Mr Chapman to get stuck into this weekend. Brilliant weekend in GB and Ireland. Team GB, not too bad. Long press for Venetia Williams. Best she's had for two decades. First grade one for 20 years, I can't believe that. He was very good at
1: you're good as well. Loads of great Irish successes as well. Matt, what caught your eye though? Well, obviously, Charlie Deutsch winning his first grade one. Can't believe you left Charlie out, See, One of the big news stories of the day. Try and keep up. But really, the big news is coming through from Cornwall because I believe they are now ensconcing Gary Moore to replace Galileo. Josh, Jamie, Ryan, all banging in winners. Oh, Jane Moore, what a lucky lady she
0: is. This news just in. Uh, We will talk about other news items as well in Racing Debate. Yes, welcome along to Racing Debate. Lots to get stuck into, Matt. Um, if I said to you, um, non-fungible token? Something to do with your... To- fun... fung fun- fungal? No, could be. No. Sounds, sounds like it could be a fungal infection. It's not, but we'll be talking about crypto a little bit later on. We've got ah. a lot of other topics. Uh, jockey's weights, we're going to come back to as well. Yes! And that rumbles on in
1: the background. Yes, well, as
0: in... Literally in the stomach. Well, discussions are certainly continuing. It's it's difficult to get members of those discussions to come on and talk to us, but I've been doing some discussing live scenes.
1: Uh, Is that the same reason as it was difficult for the jockeys to fill in the forms? Like, if you, if you want change, you have to be loud and brash. That's why people go on strikes. That's why people go well, on marches. Maybe
0: the conversations are at a delicate stage at the moment. I, I've, got, I've got some oh, lines from it's the. It's time to stop the
1: delicacy, isn't national it? And just go all in.
0: Hard. And one or two lines from jockeys as well. Hard. <laughs> go in. <laughs> if only one side Line and, up at line your up your High Holborn.
1: <laughs> whole load of jockeys, <laughs> hammers at the door. Why, why? We don't need silence. Do we, we need action?
0: Everyone, yeah, we'll come back to that and we'll, we'll discuss it in more detail. Um, the Jockey Club Playtech deal, we're going to come back to that as well. Let's start with the racing, though.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, John, for I the first time on racing debate. You'd I knew you we sense.
0: often start with the racing. Um, we mentioned in the in the build-up there, Lom Presse. Yes, and we are just running back through our, our minds, Grade One winners for Venetian Winners. I'm a bit surprised. It's 20 years, but then you, think, you know, it, 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 it's 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 been a little while. Long Presse is he the real deal? Are you now converted?
1: I don't know when you were invited. In um, he's clearly very, very talented. Um, I don't know if Pick Dory really gave his true running yesterday. If he did, well, he didn't, did he? But if he did, then it was an absolutely monstrous performance. Look, it wasn't the most competitive race, but at the end of the day. That's what good horses do, don't they? They just destroy the opposition. And this horse now keeps destroying the opposition, left-handed, right-handed. People have been a bit worried about his jumping. You wouldn't really be worried about anything now. Now it's just down to, on the day, is he good enough? to go and win, and you, you wouldn't put it off. And loads of parts of this. Venetia's part of the big story now with, with her, and, and the changing in the ways for her as well. Remember, you know, we, uh, she doesn't mind it because her history is running horses when there's more juice in the ground. That's what she likes to do. But this has been a changing season for her. She started off winning all those races on good ground. And I was sort of slightly teasing her a little bit when I interviewed her and said, good ground, Venetia, what's going on? Then, of course, Lingfield comes up and she goes back to heavy ground and starts winning everything there. But she's in tremendous form. I think most stables go in and out of form. I'd say Venetia would have said her stable was in cracking form. She's very on top of social media. Anyone who follows the Venetia Williams Instagram page, well worth a follow, incidentally, um, uh, is, is given information on a daily basis but what you learn if you follow that page is the amount of winners they are churning out and and this is clearly a very talented horse and then you have the Charlie Doi um, for a start, commiserations Charlie just lost his, his godfather in, in tragic circumstances, this will have been an emotional success, godfather who clearly supported everything he was doing was was a big figure in the, behind the scenes uh, we know Charlie's got a history of not everything going right in his life, well, everything is now going right in his life he, he's a lesson to us all, he's a th- Thoroughly nice lad. In fact, he's almost too nice well almost too nice everyone likes a redemption story it
0: is a bit yeah. of a redemption story going through a, 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 you know a, a dark period and coming back but
1: a... he's almost the complete redemption yeah. that something bad has happened now he might have always been but he but he's almost like a disciple now i mean he's that nice he, on. He, he genuinely is um always smiles quietly softly spoken um very charming like it was, it was very popular. not anyone that doesn't like charlie Deutsch. yeah
0: noticeable that uh, fellow riders came out of the waiting room to cheer him in and all, all of that kind of stuff, which we do see occasionally on, on, on those sort of occasions. Not very
1: uh, often, though. I mean, no, Jamie no, Moore at Cheltenham really. was the obvious one. Well, that, mm. that
0: brings us to the Moore family, doesn't it? Because that Oof. was the other big heartwarming story of the whole weekend. through. <laughs> Jamie Moore, Josh Moore, and Josh Moore's really been in the... As war,
1: Jay Moore, Moore snuggled up last night with Gaza? she must <laughs> say hello. Um, I mean, it was tremendous, wasn't it? It really was. Uh, the family is incredible. And, and include Haley in that, who actually, if you speak to Gary... Always said was, was massively talented as a rider, um, just a bit loopy. Um, but um, uh, no, I mean, tremendous, tremendous family. And uh, on, on so many levels, because Ryan, we know, is a worldie, okay? Jamie as a punter is a worldie because he just the strength he puts into every ride and You would hazard a guess if Gary was sat uh, right here Um, He would be telling us about the actual skills of Josh and how because of injuries He's never really had the chance to show that he can match Ryan and Jamie which we suspect skill wise He probably can and you, you would also suggest that one day when Gary does hang up his boots and he's the kind of guy you suspect will carry on hobbling round the yard till he's 150, but one day you could see Joss and Jamie Moore on the licence as, as dual licence holders, that'd I think. Nice, that'd be nice. Um, Goshen we must talk about as well. Yes.
0: Um, I, I saw a comment from Gary Moore saying that will shut a few people up and and, and a little bit prickly about the the implied criticism of Goshen, but I think it has been fair, hasn't it? It yeah. only occurs because we know what Goshen is capable of at his best.
1: Yeah, so Gary, we've talked about the good stuff with you being uh, <laughs> Galileo. The problem with Goshen is, you defend him, but if he doesn't keep winning now, what, what do you say next? Um, look, there's a slight feeling, I think, here. Clearly everyone gets on really well, but there's a slight feeling, I, 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 I haven't had this conversation with Gary, but there's a slight feeling that the owners might have been pushing a little bit to go left-handed. And Gary has kind of been saying for a long time, send him right-handed. That's my feeling. I don't know if that's true. But there was just a quote from Gary yesterday saying, you know, he won't go to Cheltenham unless the owners say he will go to Cheltenham, which slightly suggested to me that... that. Gary's not in charge of where the horse runs, basically. Um, but uh, that might be reading too much into it. I'm not saying there's going to be fallouts or anything like that. I'm just saying there might be a slight difference of opinion on, on what he can and Which can't do. often is. Well, and also, of course, the owners will say, well, hold on, we were about to win the Triumph hurdle by 100 lengths. Exactly. Um, this horse can clearly win almost anything on a going day. And if you took that form literally... Well, Gary Moore's point, though, is... There's no such
0: thing as his going day and not going day. He that that's him, and he and he is he's giving you his best, but he you know, he's obviously not entirely bomb-proof, which is understandable. Well, no, not but Gary's wrong saying
1: wrong. he is bomb-proof as long as you send him right-handed. Okay, um, maybe that's yeah. And 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 send him the right way. The the problem, of course, if you're an owner, is you have this really good horse, and everyone knows that the only things that really matter are Cheltenham and Aintree, and that is a horse. Now, maybe you're aiming at Wincanton and. I mean, I suggested punches down to Jamie, but he wasn't overly... I had a quick text message with him last night. He, he wasn't overly... He wasn't overly thrilled to take on Honeysuckle again. <laughs> like I said to him, going right-hand, you've got to give it a go. Because if you took that form literally yesterday, that was a proper hurdling performance to well, be those It's a listed
0: horses. race, though. That's, that's different to taking on, you know,
1: a multiple champion. But you're taking on horses who are 150-plus and you're beating them a the distance. Yeah. Like, you know... Couldn't you pick holes in Honeysuckle's
0: form if you wanted to? By the time people are watching this, she may be, what, a 10 time grade... One.
1: I mean, I'm not saying... Look, she keeps winning. Yeah. But she's not in what you could call a vintage era, is she?
0: I think she's up is there. Is she? I think she's up she's not so there. So what the vintage horse
1: has she beaten, Sean, if you're saying she's in a vintage era?
0: It's the old cliche, you can only beat what's in front of you. Well, you're
1: it, right. You, it's you're the, know. I wish I had all the hurdle form yeah. right in front of me now to it's, refer to. It, it's, but
0: it's, it's, it's not... It maybe doesn't have the depth, yeah. yeah. There
1: is no depth. But she just keeps
0: beating... And, as you've often made the point yourself, she'd win without her mayor's allowance, so she's the best around.
1: Mm. Legitimately the best around. Oh, look, I'm not... Look, maybe she is a worldie, but I'm just saying, if we're going through the form book, which we we just did perhaps with Lompresse, we've done it with Goshen, like, it's gone on to Honeysuckle already, but, uh, you know, Honeysuckle has not had anything stick it up to her... Who, who is a Hurricane Fly or a Faheen at a peak or a, or a See You Then or an Istabrak or something like that. It hasn't been one of those big clashes yet. Now, maybe she's just miles better and there'll never be a big clash, but it would be nice if there was something else. I,
0: I think that's that's probably fair comment and maybe that division isn't as illustrious as it has always been. Let's let's move on to Ireland because we're in the middle of this weekend. If you're watching live, we're only halfway through the weekend, so that that sort of... Um, truncates a little bit what we can talk about. We can talk about Saturday though at uh, Leopard's Down, the first day of the Dublin Racing Festival. None of our, you know, concern about going going into it. But we saw brilliant performances on the day. Triumph Hurdle uh, picture a little bit more complicated now with Vauban. Does he? Does he? Um, I think he's joint favourite now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love Vauban and I I love Pie Piper and I love Pie Piper more than Philidor. And I expected this to happen yesterday. And I'm not after timing because I said it. For two days leading yep. up to the race, okay. um, uh, so do you feel there's a b- little bit of monkfish about him, isn't there? The way he looks, yeah. he's, he's that sort of lighty chestnut. Um, look, I think I I wouldn't be totally surprised if Phil Dore doesn't run better than he did there. Do you remember the the, the key thing with Pi Piper and Phil Dor was that Gordon Elliott said Pied Piper's got speed and Phil Dor's got more stamina, and I think Phil Dor is a victim is a victim of a diluted Cheltenham Festival. Because? Because Dor wants to be like an ick dam in a 28, 30-runner triumph hurdle, right. where there aren't these pathetic other races that people have stuck in so that trainers and owners can win a Cheltenham Festival race, even though their horse doesn't deserve to. So um, uh, that's the problem for Phil Dor. If Phil Dor was in a 25, 30-runner triumph, like 20 years ago, I could see him staying on really strongly up the hill off a strong base. But we know the Triumph hurdle could be eight or 10 runners because it's a pathetic imitation of what it once was. Go and, go and try and win one. Oh, don't, you are
0: so <laughs> cliche boy, yeah, No, no, but look, you? the quality of the horses running at the, at the top, the first few home in the Triumph, they're, they're, they're still top, 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 top quality horses.
1: Okay, sure. You won't have a cavalry charge. But... No, no. look. The thing with this, I'm not going to push you on this because I know underneath it all you are with me and you are merely playing devil's advocate for the show. And I understand that, but I feel because I know that, that I don't want to push you on it because in the end you will buckle and you will give like a crumbling old building. Um, But anyway, so that's the problem for Phil Dorr. The race is just not going to be his suit. The race is going to be suited by Pie Piper and Vauban, who are going to sit cruising, probably not off a crazy pace. Um, Of the two... I'd probably stick with Pie Piper, who has the verdict at the moment. But it's great to have Rich Ritchie uh, with a big one. because I saw him a... racing yesterday.
0: He said it was the first time he'd been racing in Ireland for two years. And we forget that's yeah. the impact of the whole pandemic. But
1: his business has stuff. changed now. He goes to America a lot more than he Does used he? to. Okay. Um, he, was, you know, he was obviously in the city once. Yeah. Then things changed a bit. Um, and now he's back in America a lot. Um, but owners like him, whether you like Rich or not, he's irrelevant. Owners like him, if you like horse racing, are so key because they are the people who pay the big money for these types of horses that run for our enjoyment. And just take Fildor, Pi Piper and Vauban, just the fact they're in different camps, you get rivalry, it's just what the game needs. Um, I, I'd still be a Pied Piper man as well. And, of course, you get the added asset of Davy Russell.
0: Yes, and Pied Piper visually was stunning. Talking of visually stunning, Fasile Vega yesterday. Uh, our colleague, Kevin Blake, put up a video on Twitter today of um, Fasile Vega winning the bumper and also Kilkruet winning uh, the bumper, so you could compare and contrast. They were both visually very, very uh, impressive indeed. Um, hot favourite now for the, the festival bumper?
1: Yeah, we see... Fas Vega here, uh, who wins, uh, as the name suggests, Fassili, is that a word? Yeah. Um, uh, with Patrick Mullins, the greatest amateur jockey for me there's ever been. Um, by walk in the park, out of Quavega uh, that means Cornwall bread, I think, doesn't it? Uh, speaking of which, um, walk in the park, not as far as I'm aware, going to be replaced by Gary Moore. Um, but um, uh, look, look, an absolute machine. What do you, I mean, with those types of races, when something just goes clear... I mean, what do you say, other than the fact that he looked like a machine, whether whether Fasar Vega is a machine, time will tell. But... It's interesting,
0: because um, when Gallopin Deschamps produced a similarly impressive win, we spoke to Patrick Mullins like the following week or something, and he, he sounded a bit surprised by it. He, he, he said, yeah, we thought he'd go well, but not as well as that. Whereas with this horse, there was a video on Twitter the other day, I think it was from Thurlow Thoroughbred's dinner, where Willie Mullins was being interviewed, and this was before the horse was even named, and he was asked, do you have a potential star? And it was this horse that he mentioned. So th- this has long been one of the most highly regarded horses in the yard, I think. So I think we can probably assume it's the real deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the times, that race was slow by 21.3 seconds. Um, well, that's yeah. over two miles. The handicap chase, the race before, I know, were completely, completely different types of races. Was over two mile one. That was slow by fourteen seconds. It, it does just suggest that that bumper wasn't a very truly run race. Um, but visually, obviously, it was look. No one's going to say it wasn't just absolutely crazy what, cool. You,
0: you want you want a bit of um, sectional analysis from our man, Mr. Rowlands, before we get. Well, we'll to, get that, won't we? To, we will hopefully, but he'll have to do it manually, of course. And so, it'll take what a were you doing last
1: night, boys? So you're the man who's meant to bring up.
0: Stuff. <laughs> oh. um, I've, I've, I was about to come to Conflated in the Irish Gold Cup, mm. but before we do that, yes, because we're talking Gold Cup, yes. Well, actually, I'll ask you about Conflated. Is Conflated now a Gold Cup contender all of a sudden, or not?
1: Um, yes, because the Gold Cup is up for grabs.
0: Yeah. But his like, his overall profile, he can't come win a gold cup, can he?
1: What you mean? The fact he unseated in a bumper and looked like a crazy horse?
0: Well, no, the whole you
1: know that the whole Did body, of, yeah, far, yeah. With him?
0: the whole body of his work though is, is not, you know, that's why it was fifty to one the night
1: before. Well, yeah, although put up by one or two uh, tips. Sure True, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, well played. Oh, Gordy's looking well, isn't he? Um, right there. Oh, look at that. Maybe Strong. maybe is. Maybe
0: is a real Gold Cup. You've made the point, though, the Gold Cup is wide open, which brings in Ahoy Senor, who we haven't touched on from yesterday, Ahoy Senor, uh, winning again over fences, won really well. He is a novice. He's only had four starts over fences, only three completions. Should they
1: consider the Gold Cup? He's in the Gold Cup. Should well, they consider the Gold Cup? I think everyone should consider the Gold Cup if you've got a horse at the moment. Look, as we all know, time in racing is crucial. Your horse, who's amazing now... Might not even be able to run in a year's time. Um, so you, you, I think there's a famous saying, isn't it? Seize the day. Can't pay deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good, Sean. Very good. I knew there was some <laughs> intelligence in that body. Um, uh, yeah, seize the day. Um, so yes, but. They're also contemplating missing Cheltenham and going to Aintree with Ahoy senior, And Scoo, more than anyone, even though he wasn't riding at the time, it was A.P. McCoy, um, but Scoo, more than anyone, will remember Gloria Victis and what happened to Gloria Victis. Uh, but he could also say, well, I remember Conigree as well. Yes, exactly. um, so it swings them roundabouts. Um, was
0: Konigri a year old? Was he eight when...? can't remember what age he was when he won the Gold Cup.
1: But he'd, he'd only run
0: three times over yeah. fences before winning a Gold Cup.
1: I mean, I did mention to John Dance about a brave man's game. Because if you're thinking of running a hoist and you're not, in the Gold not Cup. Not in the Gold Cup at the moment. No, but you can but supplement, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and John, I can read his response out here because I'm sure he went. mine. He says, ooh. He says, I can see why you'd ask. It's not total madness. However, I'd be surprised if Paul Nicholls would go for it to be fair, um, and I suspect if, if Paul, which he will be, of course, uh, champion train always. What about Lucinda
0: Russell and Skew? Would they be at all tempted by the Gold Cup, do you think? Or should we just put a line under this speculation right now? Have you spoken to them? I've spoken to them. I think,
1: I don't think he'll run in the Gold Cup. Not entirely ruling it out, them. Well, Skew, would, I mean, Skew has called this Paul's Pegasus. Um, he wouldn't rule out anything. He could run the boat race, anything with a in your. But I personally, don't think, I don't think a hoist will be lining up come Gold Cup day. But just, we've got to go for a break in a minute, but just looking through, if a Plutard hadn't run after Haydock, a Plutard would be even money for the Gold Cup on the back of that Haydock win. Galvin, again, is a bit like conflated, isn't it? We don't really think Galvin's that classy. Minello Indo, on the back of yesterday's run, has to come back into it on the basis that he only ever runs well at Cheltenham. Album Photo is going to have an each-way chance. Protectorat is interesting. Conflated, I couldn't have Tornado Flower, I couldn't have Chantry House, I couldn't have Roel Bical. Would have an each-way chance if it's heavy. Um, and by the... Just one more bit of Cheltenham news, which I think is good news and really exciting, uh, particularly for me, um, is this just from Dan Skelton, about third-time lucky, mm. because I thought Blue Lord was particularly unimpressive yesterday. Right. Arkle, third-time lucky, who had that problem when he jumped the other day and might have been missing Cheltenham, entered next week at Warwick, as the ground might stay decent. The overreach was nothing, and the Arkle on the radar, but he needs decent ground. So if you like third-time lucky at 8-1... to one, I wouldn't put you off in the Arkle. No, and I do uh, like him. I'm, I love him. I, I, I like him. I don't ever. like him. Oh. As I often say to Coco, my little one, I don't like it. I love it. Well, as I do my best, Simon Gow.
0: I'm going to stay in the like camp uh, uh, for a third time. I, I, I'd run a hoist in you in the Gold Cup. What are you scared of? What are you scared what, You know, nothing to be particularly scared of in that division. We must take a break. Back after this. Hello, welcome along to Racing Debate. Myself and Mr Matt Chapman with you here for the duration. We've got uh, plenty of racing stories to talk about. Um, We've touched a couple of times in recent weeks on the concept of cryptocurrencies and NFTs and all kinds of newfangled devices and when we might see them being used in horse racing. Well, the wait is over potentially because I I think I've stumbled across, thanks to Oliver Cole, the trainer who got in touch with me, um, what might be the first use of um, cryptocurrency certainly in in, in horse racing with the Crypto Racing Club. Ed Gascoigne joins us live to to fill us in. Welcome, Ed. It's good to have you on board. Um, Tell us about the Crypto Racing Club. First of all, I, I should say that the overall concept is familiar to lots of people, a kind of fixed term fixed payment racing club a bit like the high clear syndicates and other syndicates so you, you pay your money you're involved with a horse or horses for a, a fixed period of time if everything goes well hopefully there's some money at the end of it and everyone's happy um
2: what's different about what you're doing yeah good morning both um, thank you for having me on morning. pleasure to be here um i think what's different is is as you touched on it's the first time um to our mind that these two worlds of horse racing and crypto both of which are exciting in their own terms, horse racing, the sport that we all love, crypto, undeniably an increasingly accepted means of payments. The first time these two meet, and it's the first time that people like myself, others that I know, others that I'm sure you know, will be able to participate in this great sport with a single payment affected by cryptocurrency. So that's the concept in its simplest terms.
0: So if 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 I've done well with my crypto trading up to date and I might have a rather bulging digital wallet and I like racing, that's the kind of demographic you're you're looking for and hoping to involve?
2: Yeah, it's exactly that. I think I think for me it's this awareness as a longtime racing fan that the sport needs owners. You know, I was tuning into the show before I came on. I heard Matt touch on Rich Ritchie and, 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 and the brilliance and the excitement that he's brought to the sport. There are undeniably a non-zero group of people who have done very well out of cryptocurrency that is now an accepted store of value um, who want to derive some utility and some enjoyment from that. Um, And to our mind, is there any better way, is there anything more exciting than having an interest in a racehorse? I I can't think of anything.
0: Okay, so um, we're hopefully uh, uh, approaching a new audience. We're giving them a... A conduit to use their, their their cryptocurrency and so so on. I saw, I saw also in your in in your um, materials, Ed, that uh, when people buy a share, they'll be given an NFT, which is a non fungible token. Mm. Uh, Matt, and a lot of people are unfamiliar with this term. Um, we've got a brief descriptor of it. Is it? It's confusing because people will see you know, coverage of, you know, there was an auction and somebody bought a picture of a monkey for half a million quid and that's what an NFT is. Uh, the non-fungible token, non-transferable, non-replaceable, not inter- interchangeable, it's a unit of data, basically, yep. sitting in a database for
1: you. Matt, that's what you're buying. If well, you're buying. I have... Ex- strangely, just to bring this in, I have experience of this quite recently because I tried to go and see a DJ in America... Right. ..and the only way you could go to his, um, his set effectively was to buy an nft which was a piece of artwork which effectively was um uh, a a bird but as in a flying thing um uh uh, and that's what you got for your nft but the thing i was going to ask you is that um it was uh, uh, the reason i didn't go in the end was because it was a very complicated process to buy the NFT, I mean, maybe that was just on that particular website. But it, are you trying to attract people who've already got this currency, or if you haven't got the currency, can you go to a website and just buy part of a horse straight off, sort of thing?
2: Yeah, great question, Matt. So effectively, there's two there's two separate markets. The kind of the pre existing crypto space will be um, innately familiar with everything that we're doing. Um, none of this will be news to them, and from experience, the longer you spend in this stuff, the more those mouse clicks become familiar and it becomes just as straightforward as buying something off, off Amazon. Um, for the more traditional racing space who perhaps haven't been in crypto before, uh, we've endeavoured to make things kind of as straightforward as possible. Um, undeniably, there's a little bit of admin um, for those that aren't familiar with that space, but we're here to support new members through that process um, and, and, and love the sport and love the BHA as I do we still can't help but feel that the structure that we've created um, is infinitely more simple than some of the administrative barriers that prevent entry to racing at the moment um, and also is a one-off event uh, with a one-off distribution payment at the end of that fixed term rather than anything that is more more rolling and complex
0: It seems to me, Ed, looking at your stuff, that the the NFT aspect of it, they may or may not have um, uh, longer-term sort of uh, uh, value and stuff like that, but it's it's, it's a a kind of token that goes along with your your membership, and the membership is what you're actually paying for. Um, When are you kicking off and and who's training and how many horses? What's the plan?
2: Yeah, great question. So um, so we've just fulfilled our first horse, which is very exciting. Um, So the club has acquired a horse called Jack Darcy, um, who is kind of an exciting three-year-old at Oliver Cole's yard. Uh, just the one run last year, um, won well actually, ran quite green, um, and then beat a horse called Wind Your Neckin, uh, who went on to win since then, and I think he's kind of now raced in the late 80s, early 90s, so that's quite exciting. Um, we've got access to about eight or nine horses at the moment, mostly two-year-olds. Um, some are Ollie's Yard, some with Grant Tour, some with Gemma Tutty, some with Carl Burke, George Bowie, George Scott, um, and... Our aspiration really is that we can bring this new audience to the sport of racing. We know that the sport flourishes and thrives when it's got an active ownership, people that enjoy the game, people that enjoy going to the races. Um, And so we want this to be something that is available throughout the UK um, with the reach that that gives rather than it being consolidated or concentrated to any single yard.
0: Okay. Um, If things go well, uh, horses do well, can I sell my share on or or do we divvy up the proceeds at the end how does that work
2: yeah so this is this is kind of where the nft is is, is key um and just to look back to nfts we go back to 2020 they were like a 100 million dollar market for the year 2021 there was 22 billion dollars worth of volume traded which is already like 25 percent of the global art market in that time so so matt i get your frustrations i kind of understand where you were coming from um in terms of getting in getting into that gig Um, But the key thing with the NFT is that because your single payment has been made at outset, what you then effectively have is a fully tradable stake um, in a real-world asset. Um, Now, that NFT can be listed on a secondary market. OpenSea would be the classic example. They now process upwards of about $5 billion worth of transactions a month. Um, And effectively, it could be that you're no longer enjoying participating in the horse in which case you could find a buyer on the secondary market that's very difficult in the world of racing as we know when you take a leg um or it could be that the horse has run really well um, now potentially its campaign looks very exciting indeed you know and you're looking to find if there's somebody that's interested to take that off you at a price that is considerably more than you paid um to trade there is a very very simple task uh, it takes a few seconds you can list at fixed price you could list via auction and really what we're looking to do is bring simplicity um, to what has hitherto been something of a complicated world.
0: OK. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting starting point, I think, that's for sure, Ed, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, many thanks for filling us in today.
2: No, pleasure. Thank you for having me on.
0: Cheers, Ed. Ed Gascoigne, that uh, first horse with Oliver Cole. It was Oliver Cole who told me about it uh, first. Uh, it's a first step. I think that's important. They're not reinventing the wheel. It's a racing club, essentially, but you can use crypto. But for me, the long-term... Interesting development will be the trading idea that I can buy and sell shares yep. in horses really quickly uh, using digital uh, platforms. And I think that might be the most interesting part in, but the,
1: in the end. It's something to try, isn't it? Who knows? They don't know whether it's going to be a success at the moment. Um, although, obviously, if Ollie Cole's involved, I guess they're hoping it's going to be generous. But um, you see all I did there, Um I couldn't think of anything to leap Great Palm <laughs> or Dillam uh, or Culture Vulture <laughs> or... Oh. Snurge with the urge, um, but um, uh, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how how it works out. And and the thing is. We're constantly saying see, racing has to move with the times, both in social media and currencies and all sorts. And who knows? This might be the next big thing. It might not. But if you don't try, you don't get anywhere.
0: Uh, I think that's a fair comment. Uh, racing needs to uh, move with the times. Racing also needs to be careful. I think all sports need to be careful. It's interesting, lots of football clubs and leagues have been getting involved with various crypto um, initiatives. Not all of them are working out well and some of them are leaving you know, unpleasant trails of garnish behind So we had to be careful in terms of reputation. Which brings us to our next topic, actually, which is a deal... pointing a lot at me at the moment, I, 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 I apologise, <laughs> I'll do the politician thing. I was so pointy. happy with that lad.
1: <laughs> when he said to me, which I was expecting, great question. Yeah. And then, then he about, said to me and you then he said it to you, and yeah. I thought, that's just something he says, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just it? a just, just, it's charm. Technique. Yeah, yeah. Because mine was a great question, yeah. but then it was, it was lessened by the fact that yours was as it well. It
0: might have been sincerely meant, and maybe no, all the questions were great. Talking of great questions, we're going to pose some questions about that sincere. jockey club playtech deal, which has raised a few questions and raised a few eyebrows. After the break. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. We're talking about new technology in the in the world of racing and deals being done and so on. Uh, one deal that's got a bit of a mixed reaction though this week, uh, Jockey Club Racecourse is doing a deal with Playtech. Now Playtech uh, provide online gaming software. They're, they're a big, big provider and they work with lots of big, big brands. Uh, but they've done a deal with uh, Jockey Club Racecourses, which means that some of their some of their brands, effectively big races, big racecourses, will be converted into slots games and casino games, and they have a license to do. Um, uh, lots of different um, things with it um, some people not altogether happy with that the the horse race bettors forum uh, which represents um horse race punters specifically uh says um while hbf britain and others make the case for separate regulatory regimes for betting and casino games the jockey club sign up to Playtech to develop casino poker virtual sports and bingo hashtag you can't make it up um their concern matt i think is i suppose twofold. one is that The government at this moment is looking at regulation of of betting and looking at affordability checks for punters and all that sort of stuff. And many people in racing think, well, we need to be treated differently because we're not like hard forms of casino gaming. We're not like slot machines. We're not like roulette. We're a skill-based betting platform. And therefore, we hope different rules will be applied to us in terms of regulation of advertising, all all kinds of things. But if big racing brands adopt relationships with casinos, that undermines that argument. Is that... a fair criticism, do you think, of deals
1: like that? Um, is it a fair criticism? Firstly, OK, I'll, I'll do this in sections. Um, Playtech in 2020 paid out 3.5 million to gambling charities um, because one of their customers took their life through gambling addiction. So they, they're very much on the radar, Playtech, of, of the gambling scene in Parliament. Um, firstly, my immediate reaction was this, is that if Arc which we are, of course, a major part of as a company. So, but I think we can talk openly. If I could have revealed this, all hell would have broken loose. Nigel uh, craddis would have been going on every show trying to defend the fact that why? arena.
0: What would be the criticism? What's wrong with it? Because we're a betting-based.
1: Because What's this wrong is with having relationships? Okay, this is this is why. Because for the exact reasons that you've said, that that racing as our body is is trying. And I'm not absolutely sure we should be because I'm not absolutely sure it's true. It might be true for a minority, but I'm not sure it's true for a majority. But we're trying to say that we are clever gamblers, um, whereas people who use machines are not clever gamblers. Now, clearly, there is an element of sense to that. But the idea that everyone who has a bet on horses is a clever gambler is also clearly insane. So I'm not absolutely sure that going down that path of this is a clever sport where only clever people bet and we're all under control is correct, if I'm honest. Um, But I really believe that the the problem is with the jockey club is that everyone in racing needs the jockey club, everyone. And I'm talking about broadcasters, journalists, um, everyone, because they own all the big race course. Everyone wants to go to all the big race meetings, be treated well. So. The Jockey Club basically pretty much say and do whatever they like and never get a bad press, for for want of a better phrase, or rarely get a bad press. Um, Arena, on the other hand, traditionally get a bad press because not everyone does need Arena because they don't own all the derbies and the Classics and all that kind of stuff, although obviously we have the St Ledger. Um, So that was my immediate reaction to this particular story. Um, I was very surprised that the Jockey Club, considering it is the Jockey Club, and with years of history, we're getting involved with Playtech. I, I was surprised, Sean. Well, maybe
0: we're clutching our pearls and getting our knickers in a twist over, over not very much because there's already casino games with, with with big names from the sport. You can play Frankie Dottori slot machines and stuff like that. And that does, hasn't reflected terribly on the sport
1: of, of racing. But that's far, linked so. to bookmakers rather than being linked to the jockey club with hundreds and hundreds of years of history in horse racing and we know that whether we're trying to persuade people that we're intelligent gamblers or not, that the general public, including horse racing lovers, are see slot machines, see computer generated casino games as the scourge of the earth in general terms.
0: Yeah, there, there, there is a, I think there's another layer to that argument, which is that like the, the, the world of horse racing, particularly in, in, in our sphere in broadcasting, we, We're not pushing horse racing to school children during school hours and therefore we shouldn't be subject to the same advertising regulations. You don't want a casino ad running during, you know, children's TV and stuff like that.
1: The other side of this was I suddenly thought, look, do they know something that we don't, that on the back of the regulation that at some stage is going to come in, although none of us know when, because obviously everyone's swapping around its musical chairs in Parliament. Who knows what will be going on there? The uh, the gambling bill is not going to be the thing that's probably absolutely top of the list at this minute. Um, More like who's making the tea tomorrow for now, because they went yesterday. Um, So, um, uh, the idea of maybe, are we going to go into the world of racinos? Which has always been denied in this country. And, of course, provides great funds in American racing where you you have your race course and your racino and, you know, you go to the casino, the casino funds the race course effectively. In, in a sport totally devoid of money and prize money, racinos would be an obvious way of creating money for the sport. Um, it's also a great way of destroying the sport in some ways, because generally racino racetracks, no one goes. You know, you get no audience. What you get is incredible prize money, but no one there t- to watch it. Um, but Rossino's is something that if you're trying to regulate gambling, a racino So you, you think this deal was a, a mission of defeat,
0: and that sooner or later we're all going to have to get on board with um, big online gaming giants in order to stay afloat? I think it, it could be the opposite, couldn't it? Because you've got a I'm, great brand. I'm sure you've asked me to b- debate. I don't really. really piece of it,
1: don't I it? don't know, but I am surprised that an institution like the Jockey Club. Have put their name to this. I was surprised. But, but what if what if you can do that deal and you get presumably a,
0: a large amount of money in for that licensing deal, and actually there is no harm to it. Nobody notices. No, who's go- who, well, who really is going to mind if there's a no, 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 Sean. A, a you a actually Sheldon casino game before
1: you changed your line of of wording. You actually used the right word. Who's going to notice? Yeah. But then, no one notices the whip. But we debate that in the sport every other week and create our own problems. So when you say nobody will notice, well, they will, because we in the sport will talk about it. No-one else in the world will care. Like, no-one else in the world cares about the whip. But we will create our own problem, won't we? Because that's what we do best.
0: (laughs) We are very good at it. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I just wonder whether regulators and so on will be swayed by this as some people think they will we will have
1: to it's, wait it's not see. great timing is it if nothing else it's not great timing no, i see that argument i see
0: my, my job is to make the counter argument as well which maybe won't make well, do
1: you problem. think it's great time other no, no, viewers would like to know your view have um, you a view um i th- i think that
0: the attempt to make the distinction between hard gambling and soft gambling is fair. I think there is a distinction to be for some be made. People. No, no, I think it's, not a, it's a fair distinction. I th- I'm not making a, a distinction between um, soft gambling and, and, and games of chance or, or sports betting games. So I'm saying soft gambling and hard gambling. You know, like the the the, the fob tea machine is, is is a harder form of gambling. So not, would than you not call non skill based? You wouldn't include
1: casinos, no? Um, I, I think casinos. Because there's no difference House between both. someone who's not a regular gambler going into a casino and saying red or black yeah. or going to a race course and saying I like those silks. No, exactly. I think that's, that, that's a fair point, which is why I think the distinction is probably overplayed and
0: ultimately might not be successful. So um, I'm, I, 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 on this particular deal, my, my instinct is...
1: Anyone, it who's, seen, make, it any, it anyone who's seen the movie Indecent Proposal will know that red or black can have catastrophic effects as well. Have you ever seen in? DC? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, you Can end up with a very bad night.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. there are distinctions to be made between sports betting, school-based games. Well, like a good night,
1: depending and, on how you look and, at and
0: it. And others. Uh, we must move on. Mm. We must move on. Jockeys' weights discussions is continuing behind the scenes. We'll talk about that. And your views on everything we've discussed afterwards. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Last week we talked a lot about the the weights rise, two-pound rise of uh, of the weights, uh, and jockeys not being altogether happy with that because they were expecting something different. They were hoping for a two- or three-pound weight allowance in exchange for saunas going and the COVID allowance going uh, from the game. Um, It seems discussions are continuing. I'm hearing that jockeys are meeting and discussing and talking. I haven't persuaded any of them to come and talk to us uh, so far, but also I have spoken to the National Trainers' Federation, to Paul Johnson, who's a new man there, and... He's open to continuing conversations, but I think we said this last week, Matt, that the BHA seemed surprised by the furore. I think the trainers were surprised as well. This is what um, um, Paul Johnson had to say, is that the compromise reached following the saunas going and and the need to get rid of that three pound allowance was a two pound increase. This was an outcome that we understood all parties were happy with at the time. And one that would reduce instances of horses having to carry significant weights, something that was a concern to a number of our members, so trainers were concerned about the weight being carried by horses. Subsequent events have shown that this outcome caused consternation for many jockeys. We're continuing to engage with the BHA, the PGA and some of their members to consider a way forward. And, and, and from my sort of exchange with Paul, I think he's entirely sincere in, in that. They they, they they genuinely want to reach a solution. But it begs this question, why were they shocked? Why were the BHA shocked? Why, was everyone, why were the jockeys shocked? The, the, the commu, communication seems to have been terrible and have have broken down but hopefully we can reach a solution the solution by the way won't be what you asked for last week it won't be saunas but maybe we can see a further uplift
1: saunas is the sensible way forward Um, uh, and it's quite simple you just put a limit on it so your jockey walks into the weighing room he says governor uh, I up to I would I would allow up to three pounds that's what I would say okay I would allow up to three pounds you walk in you speak to the guy on the scales, you say, Governor, I would like to take three pounds off or I'd like to take two pounds off or one pound. So it's, a, it's just a small thing. For the jockeys who want to take 10, 15 pounds off, they need more help than going in a sauna. That's a completely different argument and I understand on a, on a welfare basis that is craziness and any jockey who knows another jockey doing that really should be getting them help and being a mate. Um, but from the point of view of one up to three pounds, I think that facility should be available to all jockeys.
0: OK, you've made that point uh, about so saunas are gone. I, th- I think, from what I'm hearing, jockeys are pretty much resigned to that. They expected saunas to go. I, th- I think... actually, will never be resigned I to th- anything. Th- I think
1: they can change it today I if think, they want.
0: I think jockeys expected saunas to go even before COVID. I think everyone knew this was coming down the line. But what they did expect in return was a weight allowance. And what they got instead was a two-pound weight rise. Now, the net thing is the same. But A, it, it hasn't been communicated properly to jockeys. B, it doesn't feel the same. And C, it's not enough. We spoke to Dr George Wilson last week. I said, what do they need? Four pounds. Four pounds is what they need. If we, if we bite the bullet and do that, this all goes away.
1: Except that all you do is just change the goalposts and you get the jockey at the moment who can't ride, who, who then gets into the same position as the ones who can. I think you're right at the peripheries, but by moving it that much, you, you, you embrace
0: most of the current jockey population. When we spoke to Dr George Wilson, he said that prior to the COVID allowance, every jockey he saw was dehydrated. And since they got the £3, every jockey's hydrated. Let's hear Michael Caulfield. just yeah, very quickly. We've got a, a minute from uh, Michael Caulfield and get in yesterday.
3: I still talk to jockeys, I know what they go through. And to have that shift announced like that, the shock of it must have been huge. I think the good news is, and we've all got to admit this in life, sometimes you just need to have another conversation and maybe just say, have we, have we got this right? Because the shift in the jockeys' lifestyles has been. Brilliant for the last 18 months. They're healthier, yep. they're a bit heavy. It's not because they're heavier, they're living better. Uh you might recall this. We had discussions 35 years ago to stop riding at more than one meeting a day. I remember one day, I think you were one of the jockeys, you did bath, sand down, and one other in a day. You did three meetings in a day, and then it was four tins of lager on the way home. We don't want to go back anywhere near those ways of living. And the fact the saunas have gone. And the fact that some of the extreme weight loss methods have gone can only be a good thing. And if you, you've got to put welfare of them above anything else because, and I will now get abused by trainers, a huge thoroughbred can carry an extra three pounds. It's like a feather on a racing pigeon. That's not going to make the difference. But three pounds to these young men and women is huge.
0: Three pounds is huge. Two pounds maybe not quite enough. I would say bite the bullet. Make it four. Future-proof
1: it. Make it five. Get it done. Just, just very quickly on that, the only, Michael obviously is, is an expert in his field, but he said the extreme taking off weight sort of ways of doing it have gone, have they? Surely they've just been transferred to a different place. Well, we're hoping that they've gone. Um,
0: I spoke to Franny Norton about this and he made a point about the level of fitness and training is totally different to his generation and, the, yeah. and the, these riders are super fit. They understand diet, they understand nutrition, they are ripped, they're in great condition, they're doing everything right but we need to make it sustainable if you do everything right. And that just means we need to lift it, just not a lot, but a little bit more. I so think you've just moved it elsewhere.
1: Hydrated. And again, I hate to compare it with the whip again, but it's exactly the same with that, isn't it? Take the whip away, then people find other ways at home of making a racehorse run faster? There's some people that will always struggle, but we do have data
0: about what the, the average height, size of jockeys is in this country. And that data tells us we can
1: move it up a few pounds and, and that will accommodate the Luckily, jockeys. Sean, as pristine members of the human race, yes. fitness personified, we're in a good position to chat about
0: that. Uh, you and I know we'll never be jockeys and it's not for everyone and it will never be for everyone but for those who are making a living at it, we need to make it viable
1: I and put, sustainable I'll, and we can. I put it down to heavy bones myself. Four
0: pounds, yeah, heavy bones, yeah. Heavy bones. Do you think we might be less heavy boned if we ate less? <laughs> <this>? Heavy bones <laughs> is always a good get out <laughs> when it comes to weight. Now, you, you were racing the other day when Liam Canary finally got his thousand up. Oh. That was a dramatic moment. It It really was.
1: Uh, It's the first time I've ever ended up interviewing a jockey and the grandstand lights go out during the interview. (laughs) It was that late. This was just sensational. I mean, the the, the horse on the inside was a one to six shot. Um, Liam Canary comes up on the outside. There's a stewards inquiry. They come close together. Joe Fanning can't use his whip because he's got no room. Um, It had everything that a two-horse race shouldn't have, which is drama. And um, Liam gets his thousandth winner up. It was a great achievement. Very, I mean, two of the most softly spoken men in the business there, Joe Fanning and Liam Canary. Um, Liam did not jump around afterwards with balloons. But look at this, waiting for the result. And he gets the dead heat. And he is another... I know we've spoken about it with Charlie Deutsch, but, and we always say this, and we never say the ones that are hated because I don't know which ones are hated. But I haven't heard anyone ever say a bad word against Liam Canary. He just seems to wake up. Get the job done. You never hear about him. I mean, he might be an absolute hooligan, but you never hear about any of that. It doesn't sound like he's probably ever been out in his life, has he?
0: A lot of love for Liam there at the end. There was a lot of love for Charlie Deutsch at the start of the programme. We've had lots of emails and tweets agreeing with your points, Matt, on that. Have we? Uh, yeah, we have, actually. Oh, good. We have. Chris from Northampton was quick out just of the box on, watching, to be on honest. the emails and one or two others as well. Well, a fair bit of love for my idea as well. Ahoy, senior, for the Gold Cup. There's some support for that uh, concept as well that's all we've got time for thanks for your emails i'm what off to you? lose five pounds good luck with that don't do it in the sauna run it off that's no, I'm a healthy it. way to do it we're going to leave you there thanks <laughs> for watching good. racing debate